0: Welcome to the Your Fearless Journey podcast with Becky, Kat, and Heather, where you can grow through your fears with courage and live your life wildly inspired. Have you ever struggled with wanting to connect with people, yet something held you back?
1: Welcome to Your Fearless Journey with Becky, Kat, and Heather. We are here to run alongside of you so that you can grow through your fears with courage and live a life that is wildly inspiring not only for you, but others.
2: Now, you may have heard it said that you're not supposed to live life alone. In fact, we talked about it last episode. But maybe you're afraid to reach out. Well, this episode is definitely for you. Now, there are those that, you know what, you're not afraid to reach out. But maybe you're struggling to narrow down your group of people that you do life with to the right ones. Well, this episode is also going to be for you. I, I want to start with my story. See, some of you, you don't know this, but I am a professional hider. Yep, I am. I have the domain on it and everything, professionalhider.com. That is Heather Bunch. That is me. Um. So for me, I struggle with all the connections. You know, last time we talked about, you know, you, you need a mentor. You need someone you need to look up to. You need people around you in your inner circle, you know, your cohorts, mm-hmm. the people you hang out with, and you need people that you pour into. Well, I'm going to be honest. I struggled with um, with all of them, and, it, and it's fear. I'm going to say that I've I've been afraid for decades, and really it started in the fourth grade. It's my fourth through sixth grade year. My parents separated, and that is when my hiding started because in that time period, I learned that conflict meant disconnection. And what I did to keep myself safe and to like avoid conflict is I actually started hiding. So I hid what I needed. I hid my opinions. I hid my big, loud personality, or at least I tried to, to shove it down. It would pop up every now and then. And then I would hear, Heather, you're too loud. You're too much. Too extra. Bring it down. And Really, it culminated in, so I was in the sixth grade and my best friend, my best friend of three years, like the person I hung out with the entire time my parents were separated, her and this other girl, they turn on me and I, I get the note in class that says, we don't want to be your friend anymore. And honestly, I wanted the note from the cute boy that was like two rows over that said, I like you. Do you like me? Circle yes or no. Like, that's the that's the note you want, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no. I get the note that says, something is so inherently wrong with Heather, we can't be your friend. And I was devastated. And, you know... I joke about it now, but I would go home in tears and I would eat an entire box of Kraft macaroni and cheese because it it was the powdered kind because that is the best one. Although, I'm going to tell you, I discovered this new mac and cheese that's Cheeto mac and cheese Oh, yes. Have you tried that? I have not tried it, but I just saw it. my gosh. I know it sounds terrible, but it's so good. (laughs) So. Hmm. Good. Hashtag rabbit trail. Good to know. It is. It is good. But, you know, it, it devastates. You're 11. Like, you know, when people reject you, you're it's devastating and it marks you. And the next year I go to a new school, get new friends, problem solved, except it's not solved. Because in me there was something that I thought was so wrong with Heather that nobody really wants to know the real Heather. So that just reinforced conflict means disconnection. And so Heather hid and I had friends. I did. There was people I hung out with, but I would never let you see the real me because I was afraid if you saw the real Heather, I'm going to be rejected. You're, you're, you're going to, there's, you know, I really thought something was wrong with me. And I wasn't worth being a friend. So when it came to, you know, I I finally come to the point where I was like, I feel like I'm called to speak and and write and coach and all these awesome things. And then people are like, well, you can't do life alone. You got to go find a mentor and you got to go hang out with people and you got to connect with people. And I was like, petrified. It, that thought terrified me. And... I didn't even know where to start, but I knew I needed to do it anyways. And really, that's the first step. Like, courage is not the absence of fear. It is doing the thing you're afraid to do anyways. Mm -hmm. And so I first prayed. And honestly, I was actually listening to a podcast. This was when the prayer happened. I was listening to a podcast between two... Businesswoman, two entrepreneurs, and they were having so much fun, like just yucking it up and talking back and forth, kind of like what we get to do here. Mm-hmm. And I prayed, and I was like, God, I want that. I don't have anybody that's heading the same direction as me that wants to do a business that has got this big thing in their heart. I got nobody. And the next day, I am not kidding. The Next day, I get a call from one of my co-workers because I was working at the church at the time. And she says, hey, there's this lady. And I'd met her once. Her name is Lethia Owens. <laughs> <laughs> and she is looking for someone to write Bible studies. And I told her about you. And so she connects me with Lethia, And Lethia was starting this group called Women of Audacious Faith, and she needed someone to write Bible studies, but I had an option. I could get paid to do it, or I could come alongside and be something called a covenant partner, and I could actually volunteer and write the study for free, but I would get coaching from her, and I would get to be a part of this community with these other covenant partners and so i knew immediately what i wanted to do and she's like go home and pray and i was like i i just i talked to bob and he's like do it so i became a covenant partner so i and and it was like a 2 year commitment and then they do these things called retreats and i missed the first one i i was a little late on the bandwagon of the covenant partner bandwagon and uh, Becky, you were a little later than yep. me on the Covenant yep. Partner bandwagon, but you know, hey, better late than never, right? That's right. right. <laughs> so, so this is at um, this this one gal's house, Jackie, who, who I had lunch with one day, and we just really connected. She's another author, and we just had a really great time. But I literally don't know these women, other than we've been on a Zoom call. And we're meeting in person. This is... This is like pre, before COVID hit and, uh, you know, so we're all spending the night at Jackie's house. And I was excited and terrified. And I sat there the entire time. It was like a three-day thing in silence because I heard these women talk and the words that came out their mouth, the wisdom that just poured out just naturally you know they're just not even thinking it's just wisdom nugget wisdom nugget and i was so intimidated like i yeah. was like who am i to be sitting here i'm not like them i'm not as good as them and i got on the comparison bandwagon like with a vengeance and the i just sat in silence and 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 listened, and i soaked it in it was incredible and wonderful and I did connect in between, and I talked with ladies, and I loved it. But anytime we were in that moment of, like, te- teaching and training and stuff, it was just, like, comparison. Just, it would hit me left and right. I'm not there. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not as far along as them. I, I can't do this thing. And we get to the end, and it's all over. And they're going to order pizza. I'm like, okay, well, I'll stay, you know, and I'll join them. And they got this mastermind call they're going to jump on. They jump on this mastermind call. And I'm sitting there. And I was, I am not kidding you. Inside, I was like, I have to get out of here. I am, was hit that much fear that I had to escape. Because I, I saw them and put them on this pedestal that I can't believe this incredible wisdom that is flowing out their mouth. And I went to get up, except I didn't get up. I fainted. Hmm. And I wake up and all these women are surrounding me. I literally fainted out of fear and comparison. I went to get up to escape, but I escaped another way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And you're emotional about this.
2: And... I get up, and um, they're helping me to the bathroom, and I realize my worst fear. Mm -hmm. While I was fainted, I literally peed on myself. I'm not kidding. And I was like, I was already feeling bad about myself, and then now this? Are you kidding me? And they were so loving and so gracious. Mm -hmm. And I go to the bathroom. I clean up. Well, okay. You'll find out later, people, that this is not the first time that Heather has fainted. And what happens is she gets really sick. And I I start vomiting. And I'm, I'm literally threw up in Jackie's sink. <laughs> <laughs> and because I was going to the bathroom and I couldn't turn around fast enough. And then I'm, you know, spent the entire night throwing up in a bucket. As they were like, Rubbing my back, going, "It's okay. Let go of the shame. Mm-hmm. We love you." And I am going to. They didn't d- know you. They didn't barely mm-hmm. know me, and I had never in my life been in that kind of environment of love mm-hmm. and acceptance. And I was like, "These are my people." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was at my worst, they loved me. I am telling you, if you are listening, it is worth the risk. risk. Because through that I found you ladies. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we would never be together if I would have chickened out <laughs> and never connected. <laughs> and, you know, ran away in shame. Because I'm gonna tell you, I felt like running away in shame, going, I'm never showing up in this event again. I'm never gonna be with it. Sure. Oh no, my gosh. Like <laughs> But it's been so worth pushing past the pain and the fear. And I have grown more in the last three years that I have been with this group of people than I have in my entire life. Yes, And I am not alone. And I have people that celebrate me. And if you are listening to my voice, that is what we want for you. Yes, yes. We want, that's what we're talking about is finding your people. That love you for who you are. Yes. And love you enough not to leave you there. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Now, now, fear of reaching out is my story. But Kat, that's <laughs> not actually your story, though, is
0: it? No, it is not. I actually have the polar opposite story of you, Heather. I lost my mom in my early 20s. And I thought that now that my mom is gone, I am not going to know how to be a parent. I'm not going to know how to be a woman. I'm not going to know how to be successful or do anything ever again in my life because now I don't have anyone to tell me how to do it. And she was my rock. She was my best friend. She was my mentor. She and I were on the phone 15 times a day, whether we were texting or calling or whatever. And so I was literally completely lost when I lost her. With her passing came a sense of, okay, I've got to do something. I've got to find someone to be able to fill the void that my mom left, that mom-shaped hole in my heart. I can't replace her, but I'm going to, I got to do something. (laughs) I have to figure out how to be a person. So out of desperation, went crazy, going out to woman after woman, trying to gain as much wisdom from them as I could because I didn't trust my own decisions. I didn't trust anything that I would do on my own. I had to have someone tell me what to do. It was a time where I wasn't being realistic. (laughs) I thought that I could save myself if I could find people and enough people that would tell me their experiences in life and I could learn from their successes, their decisions they wish they didn't make, their mistakes, things like that, that I could save myself hurt and, you know, aggravation, facing consequences, things like that, just from the way that they handled things. I could learn from their experience I immediately was in church. Every time the doors opened, I was looking for elder women to speak into my life. And I just started going to all of them. And I just became really curious about people and started asking all these questions. And then I found myself getting further and further away from trusting myself and my decisions, even even my choices. I completely stepped away from being my own person, and began talking to everyone. I wanted to go somewhere all the time. I could not be alone. I needed to connect with so many people and, you know, quote-unquote interview them is is how I, <laughs> how I would do it. I mean, I would just start asking questions and, and soaking in everything they're saying, and then I would try to do it the way they did it or learn from their mistakes and not do it so I didn't have to hurt. I never wanted to hurt again. And so when I would go out anywhere. I was always asking questions and getting to know someone. I would either A, I would just spill my guts and I would just tell them everything. Or and or actually, I mean there are some that I did both, I would just soak in as much as I possibly could. So what happened is I began trusting Everyone with everything that I had inside of me, I would tell them every single detail. I would tell them all of the things that I did wrong, all of the things that I was thinking. I just was a complete open book and would just word vomit all over them everything that was inside of me good, bad, ugly, whatever. It did not matter. When I did this, I was not paying attention to the type of people that I was speaking to. And what happened was I had a ton of connections, which was great. But I was connecting with them in a completely wrong. I don't even know what word to use. Like just it just.
2: Is it toxic?
0: Toxic way. Yes. Thank you. I mean, I was talking to people who would look down on me. Some would shame me. I was never good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I sometimes I was told that I couldn't even make it if I Instead of being selective and smart about who I was talking to, I thought that numbers and numbers, if I get enough people to connect with, then I won't ever hurt again. I won't ever make a mistake again or have to face the consequence again because that hurts. What I learned is that when I am talking to someone and I have a mission, I was literally on a mission. Like that's my, I joke about that now and always talk about being mission minded because i when i want something i go <laughs> girls you're both that way you are both uh, go getters <laughs> and back then there was no boundaries there was no Wrangling me in. I was just going, you know, and I wasn't going to stop. So I had a lot of heartache. I had a lot of hurt feelings. I had a lot of betrayal. I had times when I was so torn apart and down because I had spilled all my guts out to somebody and it was completely used against me to where I would be laying on the ground, not able to stand up because I would be so. Heartbroken and just crying and sobbing and, and thinking, How in the world could they do that to me? And I noticed that everyone I surrounded myself with, the people that I looked to the most were the toxic people. Oh. So when I would wholeheartedly trust them because I had no boundaries, inevitably every single time, I would be ripped to shreds. <laughs> I didn't matter to people. I was told, oh, if you didn't have your head screwed on, you know, you'd lose it and, and just and made fun of. And it just was a, a rough time because I could not find anyone that I could feel completely myself. I could talk to about anything or they would be my best friend and, and I could just be goofy or insecure or vulnerable like I could with my mom. I could not find that relationship anywhere. And I finally realized a few years later, after all these heartbreaking (laughs) experiences I put myself through, that it's not in quantity, it's in quality, it's not in numbers, it's actually in very, very few people that you're going to find the people that speak the life into you, the people that can actually hold you accountable or they have your best interest at heart whenever they're walking you through something in life or that they are going to stay by your side and walk through life with you and not abandon you. They're not going to judge you. It's very few people. Mm -hmm. At first, I thought that I had to have mass amounts of people to make up this mom-shaped hole that was in my heart. But what I found later in life, as I have gone pretty much every season of my life from early 20s on, and I'm 45. So I have looked for mentors, prayed for mentors in different areas of my life, different seasons in my life. And God has always brought the perfect person to carry me through whatever it is that I was going through. And without even realizing it, I would keep my eyes open to people coming into my life that were maybe going through something that I had been through before or similar to my situation. And I would walk with them. I would be able to walk through their circumstances with them, just sharing what I had done that was good or the mistakes I had made or the things that I learned and It became my life's mission without me even realizing it for years that if I could share my life experiences with somebody, my wins, my successes, my failures, my decisions that I wish I wouldn't have made, you know, my regrets, things like that. If I could share those things with others that come into my life, then I can hopefully save them time and resources, aggravation, money maybe, but most of all, pain just maybe that would help them get there a little bit quicker than I did whether it was them looking for success or just getting through an excruciating experience in life.
2: Mm-hmm. I love Cat that you realized it's not about the quantity mm-hmm. it's about the
0: quality mm-hmm.
2: so if you're like Cat. And, you know, you're out there, you're like, I'm not afraid to talk to people. And you're out there just reaching out and you're like looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. it's not about that, but it's mm-hmm. about the quality. And I love to both of us so far have had those moments with God to reach out to find the right people. Mm-hmm. And Becky, I believe you also have mm-hmm. one of those moments of prayer and asking God for the right person in your life. You want to share that with us?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that, that we all had that in common, too. And I, too, have found myself in experiences that it's not that that person is bad, but it's not my person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes or for a season. I think we said that on another episode, but sometimes that person's in your life for a season. Some of my greatest fear, my early fear was abandonment because my parents divorced when I was a baby. Then I grew into oh, a very dedicated, amazing people pleaser. The best. <laughs> the the best. best people pleaser.
2: If you're going to do it, man, do it <laughs> yeah. right. right. You are the champion.
1: <laughs> right? I, I probably was of people pleasing. That led me into fear of what other people think. Co- constantly, like those were probably my three biggest fears in my life, or have been my three biggest fears in my life. And like Cat, I try to avoid pain. I didn't always know that about myself, but just,
2: yeah, we grow. We learned. That I didn't always <laughs> knew yes. I hated yep. conflict, but you know, right? we we figure it out as we go. It's, right? God's good like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And another
1: thing I was thinking of as you guys were sharing your story is Jesus meets us where we are yes. in and our loves pain. loves us for who we are. Yes, 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 yes. For a long time, I, again, I have shared I did not grow up in church. I started going to church. Then I began to see things. God, like, put these different lenses on me. And I knew I had to expand my circle and get outside my comfort zone and... Connect with different people to do the work that God has called me to do in my life, and that's scary. You know, there's fear with that. But one of the things that, after, after I had begun putting myself in these different places and groups, and um, I had began my fearless growth journey, and I had published a couple of children's books, and I was writing, and I was, I was doing all these things. I was doing. Um, learning to take some coaching classes and just learn a, learn some different things, but um I came to a place where I knew I had these mentors that they d- that didn't know me, you know because they were in books and on you know videos podcasts, I would go to an event and uh, you know they those they were those type of mentors, and they were speaking to me because it was exactly what Becky needed but everyone around me didn't understand that most of the people did not understand that and that's okay because that wasn't what they needed but at the time i couldn't put those pieces together so i just remember coming to a place where i was so stuck like my wheels were just turning and i just remember praying and asking god to Well, number one, I asked him to take it away from me because it was too hard. It was so lonely and hard and frustrating and I couldn't figure things out. And I knew that I needed some help. Like I knew I needed a personal mentor. So let me back up just a bit. But before that, 10 years ago, we'll just go with that. It was a little longer than 10 years ago, but 10 years ago, I went to an NSA meeting, which is a National Speakers Association meeting. And I went by myself, again, putting myself in places and and trying to learn things that would help me grow into who I was born to be. And I met this lady at this event, and she was actually speaking. And I just remember being so drawn to her. And I just, like the words, I what I could think of is she was so poised and she was so... Um, Honestly, just what I wanted. That's, I looked at her and I thought, wow, I want to be that bold. I want to be that sure and that um, not afraid, honestly. And at the time, I didn't know her. I didn't know anything about her. And after it was over, I do what I normally do, and that's go up to someone and start trying to connect with them. And I I did that before, but once I learned a little more about myself, I knew that that's like, you know, something I needed to do also in order to uh, carry out what God had for me. So I remember someone saying, hey, you know, don't bother her. And it was like, oh, you know, so they were like, they were, they were trying to be nice about it. But, hey, you know, she's busy. Don't bother the speaker. Don't she's bother the too speaker. too good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I went ahead and got her card. And we connected. I connected with her. And a couple weeks passed by. And we had had a little bit of chat. And she actually invited me to come stay with her for the weekend. Wow and to just be mentored and just see if speaking was the thing that like I was really wanting to do and she was willing to invest in me and I was
2: like yeah was like I was like wow I yes. like wanted right yeah. there handed you on like a silver platter yeah.
1: and this was <laughs> and this was 10 years ago so this was right after I began this journey and this happened and I said no <gasps>
2: So, yeah. <laughs> what caused you to say no, Becky?
1: Fear. I was, I was afraid, to be quite honest, I, I believe now, looking back at that, this is, this is actually probably an, a discovery moment because I've not thought about this, but I was probably afraid of success or afraid of yeah. getting to the next level. So I wanted to be to the next level, But I was afraid to. Yeah.
2: What would happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, Becky, what would happen about those people that you're trying to please? Yeah. So I had not addressed
1: that, you know. So back then it was uh, I just I felt scared. I wasn't ready. I didn't want to waste her time. I said no. And life went on. And then I found myself about five years down the road, and I followed her. I followed her on social media. I followed and watched kind of what she did, and I seen her, you know, start Women of Audacious Faith. I learned more about her, you know, just like a peeping Tom. <laughs> and, <laughs>
2: That's what social media is, really. Yeah, right? It's a legal yeah. way to be a peeping
0: Tom. <laughs> right? <Yep.
1: laughs> I reached out to her after praying for probably four years every day, and And you, it's a long story, but I actually reached out to over 500 people to get to where 500 people. Yeah. To get to where God wanted me. And I, and.
2: But this was after the no, right? Right. That you. So this was
1: between that five years. Yeah. Yeah. Probably between seven years. Okay. And so I began to pray probably after about five years, somewhere in there. I just was like, God, I'm just going to give it to you and I need the person I I need someone who can help me that it's not about the money that's what my prayer was will you send me someone to help me that it's not about the money but they truly want to help another person because I had yet to find that out of 500 plus people people mentor coaches all kinds that's kind of scary yeah (laughs) yeah right (laughs) And uh, nice, some nice people. Right, right, some right. Some great people, but it wasn't who I needed. So seven, about seven years passed by and I reached out to Lethia again and I wondered if she would remember me. And she did. And we had a conversation, which she does work with people now. Her price is higher as you know and, as right, time ten goes years later, on. <laughs> come on now, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. She's
2: made a little success, right? A lot of success, yeah. Right,
1: and and I felt led to reach out to her, and I also felt during that conversation that she was. It was just like, yeah, she I. It, she was just like I remembered, except um, so I was excited to be connecting with her again, no matter what the outcome was. You know, I didn't even know if she would work with someone individually, because now, you know, at this point, she's doing a lot of speaking. She's like she's shifted, you know, over over here. So um, but I asked her to pray if she was supposed to work with me also. And she was going to call me back, you know. She calls me back and she tells me her price and was like, "Hey, you, pr-, you know, I w- was going to talk to my husband Jeff about it and we w- and pray about it and I can- I came back. We came connected back again and I said, I just I just can't, but I also need to stay connected to you cuz I felt so strongly like I'm pretty certain she's the one. <laughs> Yeah. And so we had that uh, our next call and she gave me her price and I said, I just can't do that, but I know that she's the one I've got to stay connected to her. So she mentioned another event she had going on and I could be a part of that. And I did. And a couple weeks passed by. And during that two week period of time, and this was in 2019, but during that two week period of time, God gave me fearless growth. I had been writing it for years. There was pieces of it that I wrote and then I've had to walk through and I didn't even realize. But the process the all of the things like literally in like 15 minutes, bam, 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 he just gave it to me. And I just like wrote it all out. And then two weeks went by. I had another call with her and I was like, So excited to share with her that that piece had come together amazingly, but I just remember getting on that call and she said, I don't know why, but I just feel like God wants me to work with you. So until he tells me any different, we're just going to work together. And I just started bawling. Uh,
2: You make me want (laughs) to cry now, girl. I just started this story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I just started bawling because that was what I had prayed for every day for four years. And it came to pass. It came to pass. And you know, it's so easy to reflect on what I coulda, woulda, shoulda done. Right. What if So What if what, I <laughs> One of my favorite statements
2: is don't should on yourself. Uh, on myself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you I should have. Yeah. I shouldn't have. How yeah. many
1: times do we do that though? We do that, but yeah. it is it doesn't help no, us. It and doesn't. it doesn't
0: help us
2: grow.
1: No. So I had to look at it like all those things. All that crap I had to walk through and all those things helped me to be who and where I am today.
2: But- and who did you meet? Who are you-, you? met Lethea Owens. Yes. Who introduced you to... Hello. Oh, oh I forgot about you guys. <laughs> We're over here.
0: We're the little people over oh here. Oh, my
2: gosh. <laughs>
0: You know what I love about this story yeah. though, and I think we all three can say the same thing is that the grace that you were shown in by Lethia in waiting for you for so long. Mm-hmm. That's the same grace that we all get from God. Yes. yes. Every single time. So there is no, well, you waited too late so right. you're yeah. you aren't going to get what you could have gotten back then. Right. Yeah. He still when when you look back At the years that have passed, Mm -hmm. you can see so many ways that he, despite ourselves and without us even realizing it, was growing us to get to where we are today. Nothing is wasted. No. Yeah. And God
2: is a God of second chances. Oh, man. Oh, yes.
1: And third and fourth. And fourth and tenth. Thank you, Jesus, for that. (laughs) Yes.
2: I know I've ran through a lot of those. Yes. But he never gives up on us. No. And, you know, and, and the same for you listening. God is a God of second chances. Absolutely. And no matter what fear you're experiencing of wanting relationships, of needing connections, of finding the right people, or maybe cutting off the toxic relationships. Yes. Yes. You can do it. Mm-hmm. And if you notice in our stories, it really wasn't anything earth shattering that we did to get to where we are now and to find our people. It was simple prayers. Mm hmm and it was walking it out. It's doing it afraid anyways. Mm-hmm. That's really what we did. Yeah. And that means you can do that too. What we're going to do is, because this is your fearless journey with Becky, Cat and Heather, we're going to be walking out more episodes on fear and how does fear show up. And we're going to give you practical tips and tools and and things that we've learned along the way to help you overcome it and get past it so that you can do that thing God has called you to do so that you can live your wildly inspired life.